we are now living another industrial revolution, which is what they call Industry 4.0 or artificial intelligence, exponential technologies, there are different names. And what is the next level? We learn how to satisfy our needs. We learn how to have houses, how to have education, how to have healthcare, but we are stressed. So the next level is to remove the stress. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky here. I am your host. Thank you very much for joining us and for all of your wonderful, warm feedback. It is making all of the difference knowing that the show is making a difference for you. Now, on today's call, I'm, I'm with Julio Zecca, and we're going to be talking about advancement in technology, and we're going to talk about how to maximize human potential and build profitable organizations that last alongside many other wonderful topics. So with that, Julio, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Risk. It's, uh, it's great to, that you have me here. I'm excited to be on your show. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Now, you and I were just talking about the ups and downs of weather, and uh, you, were, you were mentioning that you had uh, ice on the canals last week, but it's a spring day there today. Yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain that. It's, it's, it's really uncommon, to say the least, yeah. and I'm excited. Uh, I hope it lasts, honestly. I'm more of a warm person warm kind of weather rather than frozen kind of weather <laughs> if you see what I mean so where where but, are you located I'm in the Netherlands at the moment beautiful what a wonderful place to be um, if you had to be locked down anywhere that would have to be the place that I would choose I have to say now um, given uh, given that uh, with everything that's going on in the world Julio uh, you guys um, in lockdown or anything like that at the moment well, ups and downs, I would say, as any other country. Um, at the moment, there is some curfew after 9 p.m. Right. until 4.35 a.m. So it makes movement a bit more difficult, especially for the youth. There is a, a huge uh, international community here in Rotterdam where I live, especially students and PhD. So it's, you know, <laughs> young people, they love to party. Of they course. love to meet people. That It's and it's quite a restriction for them. Having said that, I see that people in general are a bit more relaxed than in other countries. There's no uh, mandatory use of face masks when you go outside. Right. Com as opposed to Italy, for example, Spain, where it is mandatory to have your face mask anywhere, any step you do outside of your door, you need to have that. So, you know, each what, what baffles me, having... I lived in four different countries, so I have friends from different countries and family and a bit scattered around, <laughs> and I see different things and sometimes contrasting. So the rules in one country are different and sometimes contrasting as the, the rules in another country. And I'm like, guys, it's the it's same thing. How, how does it work? Yeah, how can there be different rules for the same issue? Well, look, um, thank you for yes. sharing. Now, um, I, I just want to give uh, the My Future Business uh, audience some context, Julio. Um, you hold a master's in computer engineering and you uh, graduated with honours and uh, you got deeply involved with the internet of things. Now, um, I'd love to talk a lot more about that in a moment and if we could, but before we do any of that, I'd love to learn more about you personally. Do you have any, any hobbies, any sports? What do you like to do with yourself when you're not working? Well, um, that's, that's very interesting. I... I 
yes, uh, I would say when I was younger, I was doing <laughs> a lot of sports. I've <laughs> been uh, playing bas- basketball and tennis at the back to school. And then moving forward, football, I've been team of the, sorry, captain of the team for uh, several years. Uh, we used to play five-a-side football. It's more yep. like futsal or in- indoor football. It's very common in Italy where I grew up. As it is here. Uh, oh, that's great. Yes, indoor <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's much more practical. But I have to say that in Italy, we, we do play outdoors anyway. No matter the weather, you play outdoors, <laughs> even the five-a-side. So Very still, you still have to face the, the the cold weather. And then when I say the cold weather now, after having lived in Northern Europe, <laughs> I think <laughs> the cold weather in Rome is not that cold, right? It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, okay. it's a bit chilly at times. <laughs> and, and, and having, having lately, been... Can I just ask, I was wondering, having been a captain of a team, do you think that's, uh, that helps to form entrepreneurs to be better entrepreneurs? That's a good question. I, I always thought in terms of management because then it, grew in, it made a career as a, into management, but that's a very nice question. And I think, honestly, I never thought of, a, of that under this light. And I think it does. I'm just brainstorming with you. I'm like just leadership. Out loud. Uh, I I think it does. It, it, it have you have to exercise a bit of leadership. You have to also honestly. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. Sometimes yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a chore. It feels like you need to call people. Hello, are you coming to the match tomorrow? Oh no, sorry, my girlfriend wants to go out for dinner. Yeah, no, but you need to motivate them and, and coordinate. Sometimes it feels like begging rather than guys. We're having fun. I mean, that, that's the purpose of it. We're doing a tournament, but it's for fun, right? Yeah. We're not we're not professionals. And sometimes it's like begging and motivating them and, and calming down the, the hot spirits sometimes yes. when you need it. And sometimes the hot spirits was me, so <laughs> that required double effort. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. But it does require that type of leadership that you were saying, it's, uh, even to a, to a very small extent probably, yeah. but it does put you into that kind of realizes other people and then whatever you will discuss, whatever strategy, whatever thing that is absolutely great before the match, that's in the match that counts. And 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 there's no strategy. I mean, there is strategy, of course, yeah. but what happens in the match can be totally different than what you prepare for. I wonder, um, you know, moving forward in a few years uh, or, or back maybe, um, do you recall your first ever entrepreneurial experience? And what was it? Wow, yes. Uh, well, entrepreneurial in vertical quotes, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the first time you thought, you know what, there's something I, in this, I enjoy it. I, I actually have a couple, but the, the one that's more interesting, well, the, the first one, yes, the first one, so I'll, I'll go with that one, is when I was at university, at a certain point, I really wanted to play video games. Like, you need a decent, more than decent computer oh, to, yeah. to, to play video games. Back then... We had computers like desktop computers all the time. They were quite heavy. But the advantage of that is that you could customize as much as you want. You could buy a piece of memory here and a hard disk there and a motherboard in another place. And so I started doing that and finding the best places online where you could buy that. And it was the first time, it was early 2000, so it was not so widespread, the, the online commerce. And started buying a couple of pieces. And then I said, no, I don't want this. I want something better. And so I started buying cheap and selling at a higher price on the local market to, to make a margin. And with that margin, I could buy 
finally, finally assembled my computer and I had a great computer that lasted, <laughs> I think, four or five years and was a huge, it's this great, great machine. And it taught me two things. The first thing is that we can generate revenue by doing nice stuff. It's also, it's also, it was more of a game than entrepreneurship at that time. It was like, okay, let me see how much I can buy cheap in, in stock, even stickers. I was buying stickers of the AMD and Intel uh, microchips and buying them in stocks, like in a bulk, like 50 at a time, and then yep. selling them by the unit so that I could make a, a very small margin on that. But still, it was a margin. It was fun. Yeah. That, that's the most part of it. And I say, <laughs> hey, first of all, you can generate revenue by doing these kind of things. And second, I can maximize my potential. That, that, that became much bigger later. But it's, I want to maximize what I can do. Yeah, or cannot have the best computer in the world, but I can maximize the type of computer I can have. I don't have to buy the first entry price because I don't have the means. Yep. What can I do to upgrade myself and to maximize what I can have? It reminds me of the uh, the statement: "It's not that we don't have enough resources; it's that we lack resourcefulness." Would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. I think in the vast majority of cases, well, there might be exceptions, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to say always, always but yeah. in the vast majority of cases, it's resourcefulness. It's, it's, uh, I love Robert Kiyosaki. I used to read uh, a lot of uh, from what he wrote uh, back in the past, and still there are some tenets that uh, I still keep uh, hold dear in my, in my mind. And one is, don't think in terms of, I cannot afford it, think in terms of, how can I afford it? Yes. And it triggers a different switch in the brain. And I think for entrepreneurs and for companies in general, because companies are made by people, and now we talk a lot, uh, we start, we as a society start talking a lot about intrapreneurship. So people who have these sort of entrepreneurial skills, but that don't want to do something by themselves. And so they have this attitude of entrepreneurs, but working as employees in a company. And I found this beautiful and absolutely needed and then it's where resourcefulness can be most applied is yep. how it's not the i can't afford it is how can i afford it it's not the that doesn't work is how can i make it work differently it's not uh, that that's not optimal is how can i make it better how can i make it different yeah and that's absolutely. the key to innovation to disruption to positive disruption i'm all about positive disruption and yep. we have seen examples in this last year 2020 unfortunately mm -hmm. but it happens there yep. are some things we don't have control over the only thing we have control over and for which i tend well i do my best to prepare the people i work with and yep. the people i know even if i don't work with them it's just people i know is to prepare for the change prepare to adapt for the change there are ways of doing this there are ways to to trick your brain trick investigal quotes, right? Yeah, to yeah. trick your brain to think in terms of how can I do it differently? How can I do it better? How can I do something different? How can I afford it? It's, it's the, it, it really, it seems a, a small distinction. It's actually, it is a small distinction, but it actually triggers a huge difference in the approach you would have in everything that happens in life. Every issue, every problem, every challenge, even every positive things. I, uh, I take away a couple of things from this, uh, Julio, and the first one is that change is omnipresent. 
and our mindset makes all the difference. So thank you for sharing. Now, I know that as an educated individual as you are, um, you don't get to the top of the tree by um, not educating yourself. Do you still read? Do you like to read books? And what are you reading at the moment? Yeah, well, what am I reading at the moment is a bit of a tricky question because I have this, I don't know if it's a bad habit. I'm curious, so I start reading <laughs> this. Oh, I love it, and I start reading it. And one third into that is, oh, well, okay, I mean, I also need to do something else in my day and, yes, and, yes. and then I drop it and then I take some, pick up something else. Sounds but like me. <laughs> I think, yeah, you can see my library behind it. And I think the, the I have three books actually on my uh, on my bedside table, so to speak. Yep. And one is uh, from, I think it's actually here, if I recall correctly, yes, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Of course. Which is by Dale Carnegie. And I think it's, I'm reading it, I'm on purpose very slowly. I really want to read. It's not like speed reading kind of thing. I, no. I never did a course of speed reading. I think I will at a certain point. Interesting. I want to read more. <laughs> but it's the, that is the kind of book where I do, I do not want to do speed reading. I really want to savor and absorb each word because I think it's absolutely important. And so that's how I'm approaching that. Like more like a manual to read, absorb, try to implement, go back to it, to the same chapter and, and do it again and then move forward slowly and like 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 an ongoing training <laughs> rather than a book, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Absolutely. The other book is uh, Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. Oh, yes. Uh, I think it's absolutely great because it's a short pills of wisdom, a short pills of real life. And I can read it usually in the morning, just before starting anything, I start, I wake up in the morning, I do my routine and then read some, read one chapter. One chapter means one person being interviewed by Tim Ferriss about what are their habits, their the, the, the failures, so to speak, and their the successes. And there's always in each chapter, there's at least a handful of takeaways. Yes, that's fantastic. I, I think about mentors and I think about routine quite a bit and I like to talk about it. Um, do you have any mentors outside of books that you follow in your space? Well, well definitely, yeah, yes. So I I've always tend to have at least one uh, business coach or one mentor Yep. and hopefully stacking up. Usually, I think until last year I was... Uh, a lot uh, with doing a lot of work with Eric and Meads, mm-hmm. uh, who is a Canadian South African. He lived in the UK. Now he lives in uh, what is it in uh, Dominican Republic. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's done amazing things, and he's a great public speaker. So I'm really thankful for the work that I could do with him for the business. And one of the, I think the first course I did with him. Um, was um, business freedom. So how to set up a business in a way that gives you freedom. And it doesn't mean like that kind of uh, freedom entrepreneurship, I go to Bali and I'm a digital nomad. It's yep. more like, it's more back to what we, we already discussed about Robert Kiyosaki. It's how do you set up a business in a way that you are on the business and you're a businessman rather than self-employed and you, everything is on your shoulder, everything is on you have the burden, you have the responsibility, you are doing everything. And that's a key message, I think, for anyone in business and you have a, an audience of entrepreneurs. It's, a, it's sometimes not, not an easy distinction 
and it's a fundamental one because especially small entrepreneurs they they have this thing am i doing enough yeah am i doing good enough and as they end up some of them and quit a job and then they end up having several jobs because they need to do marketing, they need to do sales, they need to do operations, they need to do public relations, they need to do everything. They need to do legal, they need to do administration, and it's all the burden, and it's difficult to delegate. I had a, had a yesterday another coaching session with Mark Robert, who is a, a huge business entrepreneur, mm-hmm. in, in the frame of uh, another group consult, uh, group coaching, and he was saying ex- something along these lines how it is fundamental to delegate. One of my questions was, I see people struggling, I see entrepreneurs struggling with delegation because they are very good at what they do. They're very effective. And so when they ask someone else as a freelancer, as an employee to do something, then they sometimes get frustrated by the results because they're not as good, they're not as fast and or not as fast and or not as expected because they have an idea in their mind and then to transfer that idea to someone else and for that person to make it, it's tricky. And, and that's a crucial point to learn, to allow space for the other people to, to even to make mistakes and to experiment. And back to your question, the mentor I have since last year, so a bit of overlap, of course, is uh, another Eric, actually, but this other one is French, uh, Eric Bianzan. Yep. And he, I, I think... I like to think in terms of one was my father in business and the other one was the one who made me a man, so to speak. It's like, <laughs> it's, it really had a huge shift. It's a monumental uh, shift that I had thanks to Eric Bianzan. And he, he also gets coached by, by huge names in the industry. Um, so I, I cannot lots. even say how much the impact is 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 huge and yeah. how much the transformation is huge and the key message as which is already in the question you asked is there is no way an entrepreneur or a leader or a manager can really grow and make the company grow if it's if it's not he or she is not growing in the first place yes absolutely. and this is very beautifully summarized by uh, maxwell john maxwell the guru of leadership uh, internationally and he used to say exactly this like the uh, the leader of the company is the lid so we call it the low or the lid it's like you have a pan and you have a lid yep and it doesn't matter how much people around you and below you below you are yeah, quote unquote powerful and enlightened and uh, great at what to do and talented if the leader does not grow it's like the, you put a lid <clears throat> Sorry, you yep. put a lead on the saucepan and that's it. It doesn't grow. And I love that, that metaphor. Yeah, no, I love that metaphor. Thank you for sharing all, all of that wonderful insight um, because I know that we, we seem to be um, our own worst enemies as solopreneurs especially and those who are coming out of an employment space of which you've had um, experience with. Did you have to go through a learning phase to learn to let go? I think it's a um, it's an ongoing process and it's never it's never complete. <clears throat> yeah. Again, I think, and the reason is, I mean, if we start uh, from the principle that a company, a business, needs to grow 
continuously, it's, uh, they say it's either growth or death. Now, yeah. I don't want it to be that drastic, <laughs> but for sure, I understand. We, uh, there is a need to, to grow constantly. And as we grow, we will need to delegate to more people and we will be more and more responsible for the people who are responsible for the results. And then we become responsible for the people who are responsible for the people who are responsible for the results. Yep. So we get a, a, a chain going on and there are different levels. So it's not what the, my, the level of letting go as you start is like, okay, <clears throat> I need to start trusting other people and to start them feeding around and making some mistakes. It's a bit uncomfortable. It's a bit new. Yep. And then at the next level is I need to let it go of checking things because at a certain level, um, and where I am now, for example, where I, I don't need a big team around, I can't still have the last word on almost everything. Yeah. I check, does, does it fit my values, first of all? Yes. Does it fit my mentality? Does it fit what I want to communicate? And then it's sort of easy to check and the, the and control. So, so the, the, the tenet of uh, delegation is delegate and control. So yeah. do let other people do things and then check that it's done according to what, what, what is you the, expect. the, so the, it's the side of, outcome. It's a bit of trust yeah. but verify, and, isn't it? Exactly. And, and then at the, at the end of the day, when, when you're until a certain level, you can still uh, hold the reins of what is happening around you and have the last word and check things that are beyond a certain level. You can't do that. You can't and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I yeah. have examples of companies I work with or that I know where the, the CEO or the manager or the, the, the one who's in charge, whatever the, the label under his name is, that is, he did a great job until a certain point, but then keeps on checking that things are done properly and the person is exhausted yeah. and the business doesn't grow. Yeah. Comes back to the lid, doesn't it? I am. I'm wondering, can we uh, shift gears possibly? And I'd love to talk about uh, Innov Achievers first of all and foremost. Where did you come up with a name like Innov Achievers? It's wonderful. <laughs> well, it's very simple and very complicated at the same time. It yeah. took me, I think, literally six months to find something a name that I really liked. You know, the kind of brainstorming is. I don't want to rush into finding a name. Let's define what I want to do and how I can serve more people with my idea, and then the name will come. It, it didn't come up automatically. So I was <laughs> brainstorming on every time I had an idea, just not that down on the same document. And then I was like, I'm about achievement and I'm, I'm about innovation. And then I was like, oh, innovative achievers. It's a bit too long. Innov achievers. Boom. Yeah, there it is. And I, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, um, and when did this all come about for you? Um, what was the catalyst, the genesis for Innov Achievers? What drove you to this? Well, I think there is not one catalyst, as in many things we have. It's not just one thing. It's like a puzzle and there's, yep. there's different pieces. And at a certain point, you start seeing the figure forming in, in the puzzle that you're creating. And then at a certain point, there is one piece and some, bam, the puzzle is complete. Yeah. And I think the main emotional driver at least is is that I worked in different companies in different cultures because I worked and lived in four different countries with international customers so it's a huge exposure of which I'm really happy about mm -hmm. and something I was not so happy about or 
to, to be more honest and straightforward, you, you used to drive me mad <laughs> is to see that things are done and really like, why are you making things in this way? Yes. Why are you making me work on this and I'm not good at that? And you make my colleague work on the things I'm good at and he would be good at doing what I'm doing. Uh, yes, alignment. Or is, I mean, it's, I'm a bit like that also in private life. I'm getting better at that, at not having this kind of perfectionist <laughs> attitude. Yes. I want to optimize everything. So I understand in private life, it's right and it's and it's healthy not to do that all the time. Yep. Whereas in a company, it's like, why are we doing things with more effort? Yes. And the thing that you really, really annoyed me, and, and it really was a deal breaker in in, in many circumstances. Deal breaker doesn't mean you you stop working with people, right? But no, it's like course. I understand there is a there is a wall, there's a separation, and I want to be very aware of that. Is the willingness to solve the problem. Yes. And when I say the problem, I don't mean the effect that we see, but to solve the cause of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I sit here and I think about all of the things we could possibly talk about because this rabbit hole goes deep. Now, I've, I, I know that you do um, public speaking and that's a big arm of uh, what you do. Talk us through um, that experience and, and what Innov Achievers does for its clients. Well, uh, I think there are a couple of uh, things here, really. There's public speaking, there's what Inno Achievers can do and does for clients. Uh, public speaking for me is uh, a way to really communicate the idea, to communicate the vision. The vision, which is we can really work and live in a different way. And not only that, I think we are on the tipping point, on the flipping point of a society change. And I started thinking of that some time ago. Actually, it was, well, it was summer 2019. I went to Oslo for a public speaking course, funny enough. <laughs> uh, for an, I think that was the advanced course. And, and I was in Oslo and I was visiting and there were pictures in one of the main squares. It was a, it was a sunny day and then it started raining. <laughs> it was <laughs> Three it's not in Europe, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember I was watching, looking at this picture and watching attentively the people inside the picture. And basically, it was Oslo 100 years ago. And people were, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you have an image of Northern Europe, but at least for us in Europe, Northern Europe is rich countries yes. with a very good welfare, with a decent healthcare system, and are quite advanced in terms of society and mentality. So... I, that's what I expect from, from Norway, for example. Yep. And then I go to Oslo and I see that 100 years ago, which is, of course, a huge amount of time, but it's not that huge amount of time. No, in the there were pictures of, of people living, exactly, there were picture, pictures of people living in huts and not having the right to vote because they were too poor. Oh, wow. And I was like, to, it was like being slapped left and right at the same moment. It's Couldn't like, believe it. People in this country, which is one of the most advanced in, in Europe, were, were still living in huts a hundred years ago. I mean, Only my, my years great grandfather was all, my grandfather was was almost around that age he was born, mm -hmm. and and they could not vote. People who were too poor could not vote. And I was like, that's only one generation wow. ago, really, isn't it? You know? Yes, and I was like, whoa, and that that made me think. 
How did we live 100 years ago? How did we live 200 years ago? And how do we live 300 years ago? And how do we live now? Yep. All the problems that we have now, it's, it's actually on average. On average, of course. I mean, there's still, there's still coolness in, in the world. There yep. are still, there's still a lot of injustice and there's a lot of inequalities. But at least in the Western part of the world, the, the industrial revolutions, because that's what I learned when I started looking into that, mm -hmm. is basically each industrial revolution brought us one step up in the pyramid of needs for those of you who are familiar with the mass pyramid of needs. Yeah, exactly. It's, so we, we stepped up and stepped up and stepped up and now we are at a moment where we are in the safest age of all because really we don't have to struggle with living in huts and living in poverty and not having education. Mm -hmm. When I say how did we live 100 years ago, it's really how did we study? What was the level of education? What was the level of work, of labor rights? What was the level of health? Mm -hmm. On average, again, talking yes. about average, and thinking, thinking about now, it's laughable, so to speak. Yeah. And still is the age where we have the most stress ever. So there is it's irony, isn't a it? disconnection there. There is a huge disconnection. Yeah. And for me, the turning point is to understand that we are now living another industrial revolution, which is what they call Industry 4.0 or Artificial Intelligence, Exponential Technologies. There are different names for, for the same mainly thing. the same thing. Yeah. We are living a revolution. Our society is going through a revolution. And what is the next level? We learn how to satisfy our needs. We learn how to have houses, how to have education, how to have healthcare, but we are stressed. So the next level is to remove the stress, is to go towards fulfillment, towards gratification, towards self-enlightenment <laughs> is the highest level. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get that far because maybe it's the next generations that we will not see. But at least in this generation, this present moment, mm -hmm. we can work in, it in a way that allows us to go through this level. And, and why is it so? Because like it or not, some people say they love working, some people hate it. I don't yeah. want to enter the, the, the debate. Yeah. But work is important. If we think that people, on average, again, took, uh, work eight hours a day, it's one-third of the day. Yeah. It's, it's important for our fulfillment. The human being is engineered for achievement, as Zig Ziglar used to say. We, we are really created evolutionary and we evolved as human beings we evolved to solve problems to, to for gratification to achieve something and work is so important in our society that we talk we we it it's, creates a, a good part of the day we talk with that with our family we talk about that with our friends even too much sometimes <laughs> it becomes a qualifier what's your work about yes labels? that's true absolutely it's, this is a this is a fantastic conversation because it's opening up some a Pandora's box of of thought content and I wonder um, it seems to me that um, we're going through a quickening phase in terms of technology. Every single day there seems to be some sort of new app or uh, way we can use technology, some new hardware coming out, and it just happens so quickly. So I can see why we would be stressed. So what are some of the, I guess, the practical things that people can do when you work with them to de-stress? Well, the, that's a, it's a great question. 
And the first thing that I would say, that just first of all, that my approach is very dynamic because the, I would love people to, I would love that people understand that there's not a single solution and they start looking right and left and top and bottom for a solution that exists. Yeah. I, my approach is to help people and companies create their own solution. So when we work together, I, I, I see and hear and listen to what is your need, your goal, your struggle, and then work again together to address this. Because what is true, absolutely true, and absolutely working for one company does not necessarily work for the other company. So when they tell me, oh, we see that Agile works really well, what do you think? Should we do Agile? Or we see that uh, Lean Six Sigma or Scrum or this or that. Yeah, all the tools. Yes, of course, it, <laughs> it does work. It's a proven methodology. The point is, does it work for you? Yes. What are you trying to address? And in general, the stressing goes to, to summarize very to, to, to the real core of the matter, to summarize to the minimum terms, is having, first of all, efficient systems or efficient processes. And when I say processes, many people, ah, oh, we don't, I work in companies like that. We don't want processes. Yeah, we are then. a young company. <laughs> we are dynamic. We don't want processes. What processes doesn't mean that you need to have something written down on a, on a, on a stone yeah, and then it's carved in. in stone and then it can't be changed. And then you, if you don't do that, you'll be whipped in, in, the, in, in the meeting room. <laughs> Come on. It's, have an idea of how what did we do that worked? Yes. It's, okay. And then see, that, does it still work? Yes. Can we optimize it? Maybe. How can we optimize it? Or let's see, where does it break somewhere? Where does it not work? Here. Okay. Let's see. That it's like a chain. Is it like, like standards? All the links are, are we, solid. They're creating standards, aren't they, for their business? I, I don't. In some cases, yes. Mm hmm and it's also true that in some cases it's not about I don't like the word standards too much. It, right. it's, I don't I don't like standardization. I'm, I'm all about not standard. I'm all about uniqueness rather than right. standardization. Okay. And at the same time, I have to say you're right. In some cases, the standard means this is the way the standard way we do things. Yep. This is the standard way of doing this process because it works. And then is there a margin for improvement? There is always there should always be margin for improvement. If anything, for the reason you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, technology is exponentially changing the way we live and work. So what worked yesterday is sort of working today and is, ob uh, is obsolete tomorrow. Yeah. So we do need to have this range of innovation of, um, you would call it self-criticism or self-skeptical approach. Like, okay, yeah, it worked. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it still the best thing to do? It's kind of like an ongoing. For me, this is fundamental. And the other parts of efficient system and effective people. The, the, way, the, the, the mistake that I see many people working is the companies or managers try to push people to work like machines. Do repeatable, do it work, do it in a repeatable way, do it faster, do it quicker. We're not machines. No, we're human beings, aren't we? And um, that really um, stands out for me when I've, I've watched um, a number of your videos when you're giving presentations. You have a connection. You know how to, to work with people and bring the best out of them. Now, um, with all that being said, uh, Julia, when people want to connect with you and start working with you, what is the process and where are they going to go to find you? Well, the 
first uh, place, the, the place where I'm most present is LinkedIn at the moment. Mm -hmm. So Giulio uh, Zecca. Or, of course, on my website, which is innovachievers.com. Again, it's the contraction between innovative and achievers. Love it. Comes innovachievers. I'm all social media, but really where I am most present is LinkedIn. And how does it work? It's, I work with different level with different people. Mm -hmm. So uh, the most important thing is to connect, first of all, and have a discussion and see, okay, what is your need And what can I do for you? We have a 15-minute chat. It's a, it's a bit of a discussion like we're having now, just yeah. shorter. Yep. <laughs> just usually takes 15 minutes to really see, are we on the same page? Can I help you? And that's, that's fundamental. That's, that's the good starting point to touch base with Innovachievers. Now, um, when you get there, um, you'll go to innovachievers.com. I'll be making sure that you have a link back to uh, Julio and innovachievers.com so that you can have that discovery call, that conversation to kick off your relationship with Julio and his team. And Julio, with all of that being said, it's just been such a wonderful conversation and spending some time with you on the My Future Business Show today. Thanks very much. It's It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And the time went past so quickly because I, I really enjoyed the chat. So thanks very much for having me here. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.